Hello, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Hope you're well. How's it going? So, ooh, I'm hunkering down a bit today, haven't I? I'm like, mmm. Sit back there, that's better, eh? Um, just judging the hair. Okay, to the point, to the point. Um, so today on the podcast, I am talking to Holly Walsh. And Holly does really big um, landscapes. So they're canvases and she uses inks on the canvases in washes and they are um, very kind of dreamlike, ethereal in their kind of quality and stuff very very beautiful and you'll need to check out her work and um, our conversation was rich and deep and beautiful and um, her insight into her process and how she talks about it is really wonderful so I hope you will enjoy it and thank you for tuning in have a good day guys hi Holly how are you hi nice to meet you yeah lovely to meet you too thanks for having me Thank you for coming on and agreeing to be part of the podcast series. Um, your work is so beautiful and it's lovely to have you on the show today. Um, I thought we could start off with asking um, kind of what is one of your favorite aspects of being an artist? Do you have something that you think this is something that brings me great joy in being an artist or um that's a really good question um I suppose my art practice really helps me figure out who I am my place mm. in the world and um I suppose pay attention to the things that we perhaps can take for granted or don't notice don't take pause um mm. to see um mm. having a creative career um I suppose in some way forces you, but also allows you to tap into this level of things. And that's not that it's mm. some mystical process. I feel everyone um, can really benefit from being more in the moment, um, mm. noticing the beauty and peculiarities of life. Mm. Um, so for me, it's really a personal journey, um, perhaps self-indulgent, but my art, really helps me um, come to terms with difficult things, um, come to terms with wonderful things. Um, and I suppose since becoming a practicing artist, then perhaps sharing that with others, it, you know, mm. it's really affirming when you can connect with people, hear how they interpret your views on life um, and your work, um, allow them to kind of bring some beauty or interest into their homes and mm. their offices, wherever that may be. Um, I'm not sure if that answers. No, that's lovely. And on the back of that, I guess I'd be wondering, where would you find your inspiration to keep your practice going? Not necessarily for your art, as it were, if that makes sense, but your day-to-day -day practice of making art. Do you have like inspiration or a ritual to kind of get you into that mm. mode? So um, I suppose always a nice coffee to start the day. It's always yeah. a good start <laughs> to the day and get the mind yeah. going. 
music is really influential for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very eclectic in my taste, whether it's old Motown and soul and funk, mm -hmm. whether it's rock mm -hmm. music, whether it's classical. Um, I find music is a really nice way to get moving, to free oneself up. Um, mm -hmm. My practice is quite physical. Um, mm -hmm. in that, you know, I create some really large canvases, you know, mm -hmm. two and a half meters tall sometimes. So I stretch wow. them, I prime them, I work on them. Um, so having um, certain energies in the room, whether it's um, having nice incense burning or a nice candle lit to kind of create different scents, um, mm. just trying to create an atmosphere that is, um, I suppose, a balance of being peaceful and calm but enlivening. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And what was your day-to-day -day, look sorry I, I spoke over there you were saying walking as well then Holly yeah yeah um, I find going out into nature and walking is really important mm -hmm. for me when I get too caught up in my head and need to ground myself um, mm -hmm. you know we're always I suppose especially in contemporary art um, there it's we're quite prone to almost overthinking things, feeling the need to explain everything and give, give it justification, um, which in its own right can be wonderful, but it also puts a lot of pressure um, when you're trying to tap into things that are perhaps more natural and more personal. Um, so yeah, going out into nature, experiencing different weather, you know, we are, we're in Ireland, so it changes so much that um, trying to see the changes in the seasons, focusing on my breathing, being very present helps a lot. Mm. Mm. Just thinking of the changing in seasons, does your work change or does your, do you feel like your output of your process changes at all through the seasons? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, mm. It might not always be concurrent with the season, but I certainly feel that my practice is cyclical. Um, sometimes mm. I need downtime to experience life and to focus on things mm. um, outside of the pure art practice. And taking that breather allows me to then come back into studio more alive, more excited, um, more experiences to try and express out there. Mm. Um, like definitely winter time is a more brooding time. I suppose we all mm. notice that, you know, longer yeah. evenings. Um, so generally speaking in winter time, I find um, I'm almost like a squirrel. I'm hoarding, I'm collecting inspiration from other artists. I'm doing reading. A lot more. Um, I write journals a lot more in winter. I think I reflect mm. on things, so words, um, and I look back on memories a lot. I find, uh, whereas mm. I think other parts of the season, my output is, put is a lot more. I don't know. Is it the extra vitamin D from the sunshine or what? <laughs> I find that, um, it's a time for making. It's a time for creating. It's um, yeah. <laughs> It's productivity, I guess, isn't it? You know, I yeah. feel like as humans, we are just the same as we are nature, aren't we? You know, so we're very much, you know, in tune with that and the creating season and the making and the processes. Yeah, for me, it's it's very, I find that fascinating. It's very similar. Yeah. 
What would your day-to-day be like then? Um, how do you work and what would your day-to-day environment be like? Um, I suppose I spend, um, it depends. Um, I do find if I have a deadline, let's say, for a big solo show or something, mm-hmm. um, I do tend to have a little bit more time spent in studio, um, more process-based. Um, I have a home a studio at um, my childhood home out in the countryside oh, in Waterfall. It's ironically called Waterfall. There isn't a Waterfall yeah. anywhere. <laughs> so yeah. I'm always disappointed when clients, um, I have to tell clients when they visit, oh, can we go visit the Waterfall? <laughs> they're the only ones in waterfall i'm kind of trying to put that stamp there um so yeah i know my studio day to day um i suppose i do four days a week of studio process if possible um i tend to take breaks in between my process um involves a lot of different layers of ink. Um, I work a lot of the time on flash on the ground with big vats of water and dilutions of ink on my canvases um, and allowing the layers to dry each time. So I often have Mm. two or three, depending on the size and the space allowance, um, pieces on the go. Um, I like to start off my drawings um, based on sketchbooks that I've brought out into nature, into the places Mm -hmm. that inspire me. Um, I like to listen to the music that reminds me of those spaces if possible, if there's an atmosphere that I want to create. Um, I always start off with um, just some willow charcoal on a drawing stick that is bigger than myself. So it's really extended. So I'm nice and distant. I don't have too much control on it. Mm. Um, I try to just mark out certain key elements of the canvas that I want to keep sharp. Mm. Um, But from there, then I try and allow the process to create a bit of chaos. I control it in some small ways, but um, between each layer of ink and washes, you know, um, they mix, they run similar to a waterfall or a seascape or something. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of time in between looking and letting them dry mm-hmm. and observing. Um, my process, at least with all the ink on canvases or paper, um, it doesn't allow for erasing. So, do you know, mm-hmm. once a mark is on the canvas, it is there. Um, so that can be daunting in of itself. Um, mm. There are days where I'm too much in my head and trying to control things, and that is oftentimes when the canvas is the most unruly and doesn't want to behave. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, a piece yeah. of work doesn't work out, um, but it's coming to terms with that, mm. um, which honestly informs my practice. It allows mm. me to give myself permission to mess up it will happen or it won't but it's trying to find ways of creating something beautiful out of these unexpected mixes or marbling effects on the canvas Mm. um if that makes sense (laughs) yeah absolutely do you always work on canvas then holly or do you ever work on paper or um so since lockdown i've been working a lot more on paper um Mm. i was only able to my studio um Mm. so i was in the city with my partner instead so i had a much smaller desk so i'm afraid Mm. uh space was a premium so i've been experimenting a lot more with small scale work recently under lockdown um drawing Mm. upon 
memories of these vast places I visited. Um, and I suppose I do love paper in of itself, but I suppose mm -hmm. the canvas primed with rabbit skin glue is really what I love to work on. It's, mm. it's real, it's tricky, but mm. um, there's a natural quality to it. I love seeing the grain of it, um, how it is, mm. um, I suppose, plant matter in of itself. And I, I know mm. paper is too, but it's so bleached white. I really enjoy the yeah. natural of the canvas, but. And I guess the ink sits differently on the canvas compared to the paper as well, you know, and it relates to that material in a very different way as well. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's always learning, but I love working with my hands and trying to figure things out, mm -hmm. how they work, you know, you have unexpected, um, accidents um explosions anything it can be wonderful it can be frustrating but it's trying yeah. to grapple it keeps my practice fresh that mm. um i do dabble in oil and stuff as well um okay yeah so i do enjoy that it's a very different beast you know it's mm -hmm. a lot um it's a lot thicker it's a, a lot more mm -hmm. viscous Quite a different medium than I'm used mm. to. Um, it flows differently, but I do enjoy the depth and the smokiness and the intensity that oil can bring. Um, mm. But I find only certain days I can handle that for the brain, mm. whatever frequency or wavelength I'm on works best. Yeah. Do you work in series then as well um, when you're working? Um, or do you focus on a one? um artwork at the time or would you have multiple going at the same time um oh definitely multiples um yeah i find i have to be able to jump from piece to piece um mm -hmm. it allows me to do it best um between yeah. the drying the practical side of things the drying times and stuff um it's really good to be able to work on different pieces but also you get quite um, almost blind to a painting when you stare at it too long. I'm not sure if you have that experience that sometimes mm. let these pieces breathe, put them away for a month or two and come back yeah. to them. Because um, as I mentioned, you know, I can't rework the piece once it goes too dark or too sharp or something like that. So mm. it's um, allowing them to have a little bit of a life of them of their own for a little while mm. sometimes. And, that little last 10% will come to me when the day is right, I think. Mm. Um, and just on the process of that, Holly, like if, if you, if, as you said, like it's, per it's permanent. So if something went the way that you weren't hoping it to or expecting it to, and you, which happens all artists, you're not fully happy with the result of what happened. And do you paint over or um discarded or like line contour drawing really helped me um mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar a lot of people who do life drawing you have to give up all control where you're not allowed yeah. to look at the page you're only focusing on the object that you're drawing um it's so freeing I feel like everybody could do that yeah I said it's I feel like it's so freeing I think everybody should do it you know yeah no it's wonderful um, yeah so I find that has really helped me 
to mm -hmm. look past perhaps the first day, oh God, that didn't work properly. That's not mm -hmm. what I wanted. It allows mm -hmm. me to kind of take a breath, observe it and say, no, there is something really beautiful going on here. It's not mm -hmm. what I wanted or expected, but can I make something beautiful out of this? Um, that's it. There's, you know, every now and again, there's a piece that I do have to scrap, but I think that's the nature of it. It's, it's okay. Um, yeah. I have to allow myself that um, I can't be a perfectionist all the time. I have to allow things unexpected to happen. Mm, yeah. So, so going back to the beginnings of things with you, I guess, how did you start? Like, how did you start your process? How did you get into art were you always creative um can you tell us a bit more about that yeah um i suppose i was always a creative little girl i loved drawing i loved imagination mm. i loved plants and animals and just the kind of strange curiosity curiosities that pop up in this world of ours um mm. so i've always loved that um i was lucky that i have a mom who is very creative she loves interior design she loves landscaping and stuff like that um mm. i had an aunt who was really encouraging um of the romantics loved you know everything that makes life exciting and mysterious um mm. so they were a big influence on me um and then i suppose um, at 17, as I suppose a lot of kids that age are, we're trying to decide what to do with our lives. Um, mm -hmm. And I was really caught between um, studying medicine or studying art, which um, I think my CAO application looked extremely bipolar. <laughs> it was like <laughs> Royal College of Surgeons, but I kind of told myself at the time, I just wanted to delve deeper into things to figure out what, what's ticking, whether it's underneath us or whether it's outside of us. Um, so I took the leap anyways and went to art college. Um, I was really young, you know, I was the baby of the class and stuff. So mm. I was naive, I suppose. I didn't understand necessarily the business side of art, but I'm almost glad of it because I was very mm. earnest and wholehearted in trying to become a true artist creator mm. um, and not have too many worries about the future. I just told myself for four years, I'm going to try and take in as much as possible, distill it down mm. and, um, along with trying to figure out myself and my life, you know, try and see if I can make a mark on the world, I suppose. Mm. Um, life drawing was really influential for me. Mm. Um, so I had a wonderful tutor, Megan Eustache, who um, teaches contemporary drawing and life drawing, who really inspired me to um, look at the world in fresh ways, and perhaps not be so controlling about the results of said drawings. Mm. Um, I had quite a set idea of skill sets and being a perfect photorealist drawer or painter or something when I first started art college. Um, but through that class and with a little bit of maturity, I started to try and figure out what else can I bring to it? Um, so as I mentioned, the blind drawing processes and um, 
other experimental working with mediums and falling in love with the kind of chaos of trying to figure out whether it's charcoal or paint or clay, anything, how you can describe what's happening in front of you or around mm -hmm. you and how can through seeing and through our brain distilling all that and our hands then expressing it, what can we bring that is ourselves alone? You know, we have our experiences, our memories that make us unique to ourselves. Mm. That drawing really helped me see that things don't have to be perfect, but honesty is really mm. important. That mm. whether that's playful honesty, whether that's imaginative honesty, anything like that, but if you are passionate if you try and tap into what's happening right in front of you and live in the moment that can be really enriching mm. lovely I guess yeah it's that flow of things as well isn't it you know um so it sounds like art college for you was a very um very good experience very positive I guess you know Oh yeah, no, it was wonderful. Um, it was certainly challenging. Um, I don't mm. think anything, nothing is an existential crisis. I think then trying to yeah. have a creative career, you're almost your own therapist at times. You're trying to figure out what makes you tick. Um, mm. I suppose in third year of college, I lost, um, my aunt passed away very suddenly, who was really important to me, um, who I mentioned was a big influence. So that really rocked me. Um, I'm not religious in any sense. I, I didn't at the time believe in an afterlife or anything like that. So um, I had a really hard few months trying to process the grief and mm. um, someone not existing anymore in my life. That was so influential. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of picked up the charcoal or the pencils again and started drawing um, that was my first kind of steps into processing things. Um, so I started a series of drawings where essentially she had passed very suddenly in February of that year. And she had a wonderful garden. It was kind of a forest, a chaotic mess, but I loved it. Mm. It was a lot of childhood mm. memories. Um, so I started visiting the garden every week or every fortnight and just doing um, very up close and personal drawings of plants, plant life and bulbs coming up out of the ground that she mm. had essentially planted the winter previous, nothing could have been seen. Um, so it was me processing the kind of cyclical nature of things, that things change, things flourish, things disappear, but that there is a wonderful beauty to all that that, you know, that passing of time of things being fleeting um, doesn't make them any less beautiful. They, mm. If anything, it makes them more poignant and more important. Mm. So from there, I started looking into, I realized I was really interested in the natural world and landscape. Um, so I started exploring um, non-Western modes of describing the landscape and the places that we inhabit. Um, you know, Western ideas of horizon lines, of vanishing points, um, everything being measured and somewhat human-centric, you know, buildings mm -hmm. and having a person in for scale, you know, we have to have a landscape with a person in it. Um, 
it started to feel really rigid for me and not expressive of what I felt when I was out in nature. So um, I started looking at Shansui paintings. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm, I've never heard of it. So. Century thereabouts in China and Asia, um, mm. where it looks at the importance of the journey and the experience of walking mm. through a landscape especially a landscape that is sublime and bigger than yourself and getting lost in it mm. as opposed to trying to measure it jot it down and almost graph it so mm. i really loved the focus on a balance between obscurity and things being highlighted in detail um, so that was a really big influence for me um, as well as that idea of mono no awari. It's a Japanese ethos, which essentially mm -hmm. is the beauty of fleeting things, of the passage of time. Um, if you think of cherry blossoms, that we appreciate them all the more because they exist for a couple of days, a moment, you know, a breath can blow them away and that beauty is gone. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps a little morose, but also poignant, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So it was in that process that I started going out into the bigger landscapes. I, firstly, I started visiting um, Killarney and Kerry, these kind of places that um, were very important to my childhood, finding the kind of wild, sublime, you know, almost mm -hmm. wuthering heights, Heathcliff and Kathy kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And trying to experience them with a newfound sense and a newfound eye um mm. that's why i really love kind of landscapes such as waterfalls or rock forms that have a sense of time passing but different mm. uh, a totally different time scale to what us humans often um mm. experience that although we also change the land um forces outside of ourselves run in a cyclical nature for vast eons that you know the water mm -hmm. down creating this rock form you know it has its own energy its own rhythm it carves mm -hmm. away certain things it lets other pieces be that there's a beauty in noticing that which is outside of ourselves mm -hmm. um so i suppose my process then was trying to capture that feeling of experiencing that which is outside of myself mm -hmm. um trying to explore beautiful things sad things well, i suppose sad isn't exactly true but um i suppose mysterious strange you know mm -hmm. um so yeah i started and i'm also very um medium-based practice base i love working with my hands and grappling with new mediums so i started mm. um working on really large-scale canvases that i primed myself um mm -hmm. and working in a le much less controlled way than previously i suppose obviously with the inspiration of the ink paintings um but mm. also my experience with blind drawings and working with charcoal but um yeah trying to grapple with controlling certain areas but also letting things wash and flow um really inform my practice um, mm -hmm. 
There is definitely, I mean, I love the depth of what you're saying about your process and also about your work. And you can see it really in your own work as well, the layers and the depth in your own work, which is really beautiful. Um, And I can imagine the physicality that you bring to that as well, working on those large canvases as well. Um, Yeah. It's extremely cathartic. You know, yeah. when you're having a bad day, when you have a lot of bubbling emotions, I love yeah. the first thing I do is getting a massive bucket of water and literally just chucking it at your hand and letting yeah. it just <laughs> chaos. There's something lovely about making a mess and allowing yeah. it to make a mess. Because then we're told so often not to make messes, and I think mm-hmm. that creeps in very early. Like as chill, like as children, we're told not to make mess. But I think it, it, there's something so very playful. And so intrinsic to who we are to almost want to do that, but we're told to recoil and not allow ourselves to do that. But it's so expressive, isn't it, really? It really is. No, that's very true. It's a very good observation. Um, I think there's also something very healing, as you like you talk about your aunt as well, Holly, um, and her passing. And I think for many people, there is so much healing that comes through that process of creating and something that they almost embody within it, whether it be memories of things or whether they feel like they're actually laying down something of that time or that place or that person that they bring to their artwork. I think it's incredibly healing for for so many, as you said, like oh, the, it really the whole is. thing. Yeah. Um, Definitely, it it is something that I think more and more people are learning, you know, and appreciating mm. that yeah. um, it doesn't have to be product driven. It's the it's the act of making, mm. you know, whether that is a success or not. It's that understanding that you yourself have um, your own experiences, your own memories, your own physical body mm. that you can only make marks in your own way that trying to tap into that subconscious and allowing certain things to wash over you and express that on a, whether it's a 2D page, whether it's a sculpture, whether it's gardening, anything, that trying to um, channel that energy, that confusion um, into something is really wonderful. And people react to it they tap into that um I teach a life drawing course actually an evening course at the Crawford Mm. for the last two years Mm. and it's been fascinating for me seeing people from all different walks of life whether it's surgeons architects you know accountants stay-at-home mothers um Mm. so many people they almost come with a certain amount of shame of not being good enough at art you know they're not skilled enough they're almost embarrassed to turn their easels around and i really try to instill that it's the journey we're all trying to process and figure things Mm -hmm. out each mark is as valid that um to not so much focus on the end result but Mm. the wonder in the getting lost in things um it's really wonderful so yeah I'm quite passionate about drawings kind of transformative qualities Mm. with that in mind then Holly um for those who are hoping or thinking about have little glimmers of uh I don't know thoughts of 
doing something creative what what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to begin or has that feeling of I don't know where to start I think first and foremost is be kind to yourself that sounds Mm. almost condescending but I think really take a look at yourself and be kind talk to yourself Mm. almost as you would a friend who is worried about something Mm. give yourself permission to mess up and not be so focused on someone looking and someone judging it's really hard to do because you know our earliest memories you know primary school anything like that it's being judged from what we create Mm -hmm. but I would say giving yourself that kind of love and affection to, Mm -hmm. to to make messes allows you to kind of get lost in those processes and figure it out it won't always be a success or not but that's not the end goal Mm. um I think taking a look at what strengths do I have am I someone who is really good with colors whether it's creating an atmosphere in your home whether it's your fashion so anything cooking do you know Mm. a lot of things that aren't necessarily fine art can really influence us Mm. whether you're very good at the technical side of things whether it's maths and stuff that in of itself can be wonderful because you start looking at patterns or Mm. something like that trying to figure out okay what what interests me what do I want to figure out about the world Mm. is there a way I can explore that and it's a really <laughs> difficult, don't get me wrong, you know, it's, it's a process. But I think definitely trying your best not to limit yourself mm. too much and immediately setting yourself up to fall that no one will like this or no one will be interested. Um, mm. You realize more and more that people are interested when they because we are, we're very intuitive and we do feel earnestness or, you know, honesty, mm. whether it's talking to people, you know, we're very good at um, body mm. language and stuff like that. Mm. And I think art is an extension of that, you know, we're using our physical bodies to express that which is going on in our heads. Yeah. So, yeah, um, if I'm rambling, sorry. No, and I, I think um, it's so valid what you said. I love how you started with be kind to yourself because I think often that's the first thing to that we're so we're so critical of ourselves. So it's almost like we've failed before we've even begun on something yeah. that's new and something that we might be a little bit scared of as well. Um so I love that you started with that. I think that's yeah, really valid. So Holly, what's next for you? Do you have anything in the pipelines? Are you working on anything exciting? Yeah, um, so I'm currently trying to get back into the full swing on studio now that lockdown is, you yeah. know, and stuff. Um, so I have a big solo show coming up um, spring yeah. next year um, with the Paul Kane Gallery in Marion Square in Dublin. It'll be a pop-up Fantastic. in 10 days or so. So it's a lovely space. So I've been working on a lot of sketching and ideas. I have some big canvases ordered. So I'm really excited to try and describe some of my experiences and continue my practice. Um, And then I suppose once that show is wrapped up, I'm actually looking at um, 
moving to British Columbia in Canada for a year or two. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just at 25, I feel the need to fly the nest a little bit and explore mm. bigger and big wide world. So I want to see mountains and forests. Yeah, I can imagine that landscape is going to have such an incredible impact on your work and like on you personally, but what a fantastic place to go to. So that's what I'm working towards, trying to save up for that and kind of enliven my practice again. As much as I adore Ireland, it is also wonderful. Um, mm. yeah, I'm just interested to try and see what else is out there, I suppose. Um, mm. And also, um, I'm interested to get back into a group studio setting. Um, my, my home studio is wonderful, and admittedly, I am an introvert. <laughs> um, mm bit of a hermit at times that um, although I love creating bodies of work in almost a vacuum you know to really focus on things um, yeah. I'm getting to the stage it's been four years since I graduated college that I'd like to bounce off other creatives and stuff again which mm. uh, should be interesting so yeah that's that's the plan wow an exciting few years then ahead definitely Mm -hmm. hopefully yeah no definitely yeah well Holly I wish you all the best the solo show I'm sure will be incredible I wish you all the best with enjoying that process of making and creating and congratulations on that as well that's fantastic oh, and all the best with all the plans as well for um heading off and I look forward to seeing more of what that will entail and what that will bring to your practice as well Oh, thank you. It's been so lovely talking to you anyways. Yes, it's really lovely. and likewise, Holly, and thank you so much for joining me today. Um, just lastly, can you just tell us, where can people find you? Um, yeah, so my Instagram is um, probably one of my most active for posting things. Um, so yeah. that can be posted below. Um, you can also email me. Um, I'm always happy to have... Um, studio visits if you're ever down in Cork look up waterfall <laughs> as you can yeah. say I would, I would say there you'll be disappointed there's no actual waterfall but hopefully you'll find <laughs> some in my studio but yeah. Um, yeah that would be the best I also have a website um, hollywalshart.com fantastic so. brilliant Thank you so much, Holly. It has been so lovely to hear more about your practice and more about the um, contemporary landscapes that you make and create. And I wish you all the best in the next little while. All right. Thank you so much, Paula. Have a good weekend. Hi. Bye.